Okay, great. Well, I just want to add my welcome today. My name's Owen, uh, and I have the privilege of leading the team here at Foundation Church. And so I just want to say happy Easter. I'm so glad that you've joined us today for this Easter Sunday service. Uh, Whether you're a Foundation Church regular or whether you've been invited by one of your friends or family or neighbors uh, to join us for this online service, I'm so glad that you are here today. And I really do pray and hope that you'll find this helpful and encouraging as you listen. Now this I would guess, is for most of us the oddest Easter in living memory. For 2,000 years, Christians have gathered to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And for many of those years, in much of the world, they've gathered together, crowded into church buildings in order to do that. Often joined by friends and family uh, who've agreed to come because it's Easter. In recent years, families have flocked in their thousands to national trust properties to, uh, to do a treasure hunt that results in receiving a chocolate egg. And for many, irrespective of faith, Easter is a, a time of hope, of expectation of what's going to come, of the celebration of new beginnings, of new life as, as all around us we see nature bursting into life, buds appearing on the trees, flowers popping their heads up from below ground. But today, we're scattered. Today, we're confined to our homes. There will be no crowding into buildings. There will be no National Trust egg hunts. And for many of us, the appreciation of nature is restricted to our gardens, if we're fortunate enough to have them, or to our once-a-day hourly exercise. The usual optimism of new beginnings is somewhat lacking, and we find ourselves wrestling with feelings of confusion and loss, Uncertain of what tomorrow might bring. As if we're collectively holding our breath, just waiting for good news. Well, I believe this unusual time presents us with an opportunity. An opportunity to approach the Easter story afresh today and to start from a place that we wouldn't normally start on Easter Sunday. And that place is the Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. You see, Easter Saturday is not a day that we often give all that much thought to. But I'd love for us to pause there for a moment this morning. The Saturday that followed Jesus' crucifixion must have been a very strange time indeed. You see, for those who opposed Jesus, for those who had uh, kind of pushed for and seen through his arrest and trial and execution, well, there would likely have been a sense of relief that they'd gotten rid of him. 
that they had, or at least they hoped they had, put an end to the spread of his teaching. I guess, though, that that feeling of relief and that thought may have been tinged with a slight apprehension. You see, Jesus had made claims that he would rise again, that he would lay down his life and take it back up again. That couldn't really happen, could it? You know, when he died, some strange stuff happened. The earth shook. The the sky went dark. A huge curtain in the temple in Jerusalem that represented separation between God and man was torn in two from top to bottom. They may have waited. Breath held. What might happen tomorrow? For those who trusted Jesus, who followed him, who devoted their lives to being with him, who'd who'd given up everything in order to follow him and learn from him, that Saturday must have been a dark and scary day. Their Lord, their teacher, their friend, the one who they believed had come to rescue them, to free them from oppression, was gone had died a criminal's death. Did they dare to hope he might rise again? That death was not the end? They hid, scared for their own lives. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends on the night that he was, uh, went to trial, denied even knowing him. He was terrified what might happen. For them, on that Saturday, all seemed lost. Things hadn't worked out the way they'd hoped they would. Jesus hadn't brought the victory that they hoped he might. And today, even now, we might feel something of what they were feeling that Saturday as we spend this Easter in lockdown uncertain of how things might work out. How long will this continue? What will the long-term economic impact be? Will I get it? And if so, how badly? Will I still have a job to go back to at the end of this? These are big and difficult questions to be wrestling with. Things are really not panning out the way we imagined they would. Perhaps you're grieving today, as they were grieving. The loss of loved ones. The loss of imagined futures. And in the uncertainty and in the pain, we wait. Breath held. Not knowing what will happen next doing what we can to help, but aware that there's so much beyond our control, aware that there's so much that we simply can't do anything about. So much over which we are powerless. And here we are. And as Easter Sunday dawn came, 
that first time over 2,000 years ago. Some women, friends of Jesus, went to the tomb in which he'd been buried. Whatever else they felt that morning, we can be sure that they felt sorrow and grief. They went with heavy hearts. The light of the world had been extinguished and along with him their hope had gone, evaporated. They went to the tomb with burial spices, fully expecting to find Jesus' dead body there. These women had taken the time and care to prepare spices with which they were going to go and embalm Jesus' dead body. But we're going to read now what happened when they arrived. From Luke chapter 24, verse 2 to 8, we read this about those women. When they arrived... They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. They went fully expecting to find their Saviour dead in the grave. But instead... They discovered the most glorious truth, that he was risen, that Jesus is alive, that he had conquered death. I'm sure they had so many questions. Can you imagine going through the the, the pain and sorrow and despair of Friday and Saturday and early Sunday morning and in a moment... (laughs) The news you hadn't dared to hope, dared to imagine, dared to dream could be, is given to them. He is not dead, he is alive. In that moment, everything changed for those women. Light flooded in, hope restored. Where they trudged to the tomb with heavy legs, they turned and ran, rejoicing to share the news that Jesus was alive with his disciples. Everything changed for them that Easter morning. And I believe it changed for us too. And so whatever you feel right now, whatever mixture of fear and doubt and pain and confusion and loss and grief and exhaustion that you might be feeling, there is hope for you today. What happened at the cross on Good Friday was essential. 
was fundamental to the Christian faith. Without Good Friday, without the cross, the wrath of God could not be satisfied. Without Jesus taking our sin, your sin, upon himself, as though it were his own, we would be cut off from God with no hope of drawing close. Our selfishness, our pride, our anger, all that separated us from God, that drives a wedge between us and Him that we could not remove, no matter how hard we tried, was removed by Jesus. See, Jesus lived a perfect life. He never did or said anything to separate Himself from God the Father. And He offered us He offered you an exchange at the cross to take on himself your failures, your sin, and to allow those things that would separate you from God to to separate him from God at the cross so that we could be drawn close. The Bible tells us that before Jesus, we were cut off from God, that we were outside but that at the cross he allowed himself to be cut off, that we might be drawn close, that we might be brought in, that we might be united with God. He took your wrongdoing on himself as though it were his own, so that you could be forgiven. But today we remember that Christian hope doesn't stop with the death of Jesus. Actually, it it hinges on his resurrection from the dead. At the cross, Jesus took on himself the penalty for your sin, death. But when he rose again, he defeated death itself. He conquered the grave so that all who hope in him might receive Life and life eternal. That's what we celebrate today. Now you might be thinking, that sounds crazy. That sounds nuts. You might greet this with real skepticism. Actually, the historical evidence for Jesus' resurrection is is pretty compelling. I'd encourage you to look into it. But even before that, even if you do meet that news with scepticism, for one moment, however sceptical you are, I want to ask you to just suspend your disbelief and assume that it's true. Just assume it's true. Even then, you might be thinking, so what? What difference does it make? Why does it matter that he rose again? I mean, sure, it's quite impressive and fairly unusual, but what difference does it make? I want to tell you today that it makes all the difference. So much so that an an early church leader, a man by the name of Paul, wrote this to a group of Christians in first century Corinth, He wrote this, and you can read it in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, he says this, Unless Christ was raised to life, your faith 
is useless and you are all still living in your sins. If our hope in Christ is good only for this life, we are worse off than anyone else. Or it could be paraphrased like this. If Jesus weren't raised, then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark as lost as ever. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, then Christians, we're a pretty sorry lot. Why would he say that? Why is it so important? Well, firstly, the fact that Jesus rose from the grave is so important because it qualifies the claims he made about himself. See, to tell people you're going to die and rise again from the dead and then do it certainly gives some weight to your claims, doesn't it? Like if I told you (laughs) that I was going to die and then rise again to life and I actually did it, you might take other things that I said pretty seriously. It qualifies the claims he made about himself. It underlines that his claims to be God were true. That he really could forgive your sin. That he really could bring you into right relationship with God. If Jesus had not risen again, it would cast serious doubt on the rest of his claims, wouldn't it? How could you believe a man who told you he would do that and then not do it? How could you possibly believe the rest of his claims? But if he did rise again, you would have to take everything he said very seriously indeed. And secondly, it's so important because if true, it means that Jesus conquered death so that if we trust in him we might not fear separation from God because death now is not the end Jesus came not only to deal with your sin that separates you from God here and now but he came to destroy death that we might live with him forever The Bible tells us that it was never God's plan for us to die, but to live in in an unending relationship with him. And death came into the world when people rejected God, when people rejected the giver of life, choosing instead to live as if he didn't exist. And so Jesus came to put things back to how they were always supposed to be so that those who trust in him would receive the gift of life, eternal life. The Bible goes on after the the resurrection of Jesus to talk about him as the firstborn from among the dead. What does that mean? It means that for those who trust in him to forgive them, and bring them into relationship with God, that they too will rise just as he is risen. That they one day will rise 
to enjoy perfect, eternal relationship with God, where there will be no more suffering, no more pain, no more tears, but instead, boundless peace and joy. And so today, as we sit in the uncertainty of COVID-19, it makes all the difference. Because if Jesus really did rise from the dead, then there is a sure and certain hope that utterly eclipses anything else. There is a sure and certain hope that means our present circumstances, our present uncertainty, our present pain and struggle fades into the background compared with the eternal hope of life with God, free from pain and suffering. So how will you respond this Easter? I want to ask you, how will you respond? Because I believe this message, the story of Easter, the account of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, demands a response from us. Well, I say that. Do you know what? If it's not true, then it's of no importance whatsoever. It's not even of any help to people who call themselves Christians, like Paul said. Actually, we're to be pitied for putting our hope in that. But if it's true, well, if it's true, then it's of infinite importance. It makes all the difference and brings us the most amazing and certain hope as we walk through this life. So perhaps you wouldn't call yourself a Christian today. Perhaps you're very sceptical about the claims of Jesus and about all this stuff around him rising again from the dead. You don't believe that could possibly be true. Well, I want to invite you to explore the claims of Jesus more. See, if Jesus really did rise from the dead, if he really is alive today and he really does want a relationship with you, if there really is life after death, either eternal separation from God and along with him all that's good, or eternal unity with God, well, that's got to be worth of some of your time investigating, hasn't it? One way of investigating a little more is something called the Alpha Course. And starting this Wednesday evening, a friend of ours, a a guy called Steve Lee, who actually lives in Southampton, uh, is going to be running an Alpha Course online from his car. It's called In-Car Alpha. If you imagine a, a, a kind of James Corden's carpool karaoke, uh, but talking about the life of Jesus Christ, addressing some of the big questions that we have, then you might get somewhere close. 
We're going to be posting links to it on our social media over the next days. But you could find it online too by going to miraclestreet.com forward slash in car alpha. I really encourage you to check it out. At worst, I mean at worst, if this is all nonsense, at worst, you'll lose about half an hour of an evening this week. But at best, you might discover that it's true. At best, you might find true and lasting hope in Jesus Christ. That's something worth discovering. I want to encourage you to do that. And Christian, if you are a Christian today, I want to encourage you, take heart. I want to encourage you to join with those women and those first disciples who on that first Easter morning and in the days and weeks that followed as they saw the resurrected Jesus, they knew that hope had truly come, that death had been defeated, that love had won and that nothing would ever be the same again, that nothing, nothing in life or in death could separate them from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Guys, we're going to sing one final song now together to celebrate that great and glorious truth this Easter Sunday. Thank you so much for your time.